What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Ryan, and we're here for another episode of Black and White Church. I got my man, Colton, virtually with me. How you doing, Colton? I am virtually sitting at my desk where I sit most virtually. hours of the day <laughs> through work. Wow. Uh, reading video games, whatever. I feel like I'm here uh, most hours of the day because of remote life. But it is a beautiful day here in Seattle. It's hitting that time of the year where it's like high 60s, mm. maybe a little low 70s, oh, yeah, baby. sunny. There's cherry blossoms yeah. sprouting everywhere. There's yeah. still snow on the mountains. Sprouting. And it's really clear. Nice hard tea. Yeah, sprouting. I, that's a new thing from Arizona because Arizonans don't say their teas. You know, mountain. We don't. Colton. It's just like kind of like, oh my goodness. Mm. but now I say it fountain, mm-hmm. <laughs> mountain. <laughs> you did it. All three of your degrees are finally catching up to your, uh, it's true. Um, I gotta use it. I gotta diction. use it somewhere, right? So, you know, this is where I'm using them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colton, that's great, man. It reminds me of those times that I visit when it's nice and sunny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, here's the thing you though. T- you got something to tell me. I about tried a new Red Bull new today. Red Bull. I do. I do. There's a new Red Bull out today, and it is the Coconut Berry Red Bull, but it's sugar-free. And I was like, okay, okay. The Coconut Berry Red Bull is goaded, in my opinion, as like the best flavor they've ever made. For those of you um, who don't know what goaded and so means, I was like, what? it is when a drink oh, right, 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 right. Uh, tastes somewhat like goat urine, but not quite. Just for all you old nope, people that's... to understand. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, basically... It tastes the same as the one with sugar. And I used to be an avid diet soda drinker. I've been off of them for a month. Uh, my friends are going to fact check me. Uh, but basically, it was delicious. And so you guys need to try the new Coconut Berry Red Bull. We are not sponsored Did by you, Red Bull. Uh, this is a free will sponsor. Free, oh, free will. We're sponsored by our minions. Okay, awesome. Um, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> Wesleyans, if you uh, want to go a little harder to the but, uh, right. Yeah, there. so... Uh, did you get on the, the class action lawsuit that Red Bull had like five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago? It was uh, someone no, had sued what? them when because their slogan used to, well, it still is, but it used to be Red Bull gives you wings. And someone sued them and said, I drank Red Bull and I didn't grow wings. And technically they won no. the lawsuit because they did no. promise that. And so they had to, they doled out like Dude. millions of dollars. Anyone who had drank a Red Bull in the last 15 years could get $10. <laughs> So I, I that, signed up and I got $10 from Red Bull because some guy out there said, I don't have wings after drinking this Red Bull. It's the classic American loophole to just make money. Um, so that's why their new I, slogan is Red Bull gives you wings I, with the eyes, a bunch of the eyes. So that way it's not actual wings. It's a different word. I honestly just want to find whoever was CEO of Red Bull at the time and give them a <laughs> hug because that is, that is just – that is awful. Yeah. Why? I don't, I don't. I don't actually drink energy drinks. I just uh, probably some angry kid on Reddit, dude, yeah. who got a philosophy degree. <laughs> Sorry if you have a philosophy degree, <laughs> or maybe like their pseudo law. You know, it could be some of the stonks guys on yeah. Reddit. Stonks guys, to make a dude. Quick buck, you know? Craigers H two financial out there. <laughs> Craigers H two financial. Uh, Word up. But yeah, I don't, I don't actually drink energy drinks. For those of you who don't know, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink any caffeine things. But recently. It's I've true. kind of been tired because I don't know COVID fatigue, working a long job. <laughs> Maybe I'm depressed. Who knows? Um, so, <laughs> so uh, are you between the ages of 16 and uh, 35? Cool. Yes. Um, 
Then you're okay. depressed. Okay. Um, Great. But so I started taking like caffeine pills <laughs> for like a little, because I didn't want to start paying for coffee and I don't want to get addicted to the coffee sure. side of things. So then sure. I get these caffeine pills, you but then I'm like, I don't want like a full on caffeine pill. That seems like a lot. So I cut them in half. So anyway, um, sure. that, that is what I've been doing recently. Uh, other than drinking Red Bulls or harmful substances, just sh- straight caffeine right into my liver. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about any of this stuff today. I'm sorry for our Facebook reviewers who do not like uh, our discussions on Arminianism and Red Bull. Um, but we are talking about another slogan today. Um, we're going to get away from some slogans here soon. Season two is going to be more about building than season one. Season one was a little bit more about like we got some things we need a little break down, tear down, talk about a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about like positive steps, positive moves. Um, rather than just slogans or phrases that we're trying to uh, talk about. So, uh, but we are talking about uh, a common moniker, especially, man, in these last four years and the last four months. Um, I just feel like I've heard this all the time. But basically, the slogan, well, both sides are evil. You know, both parties are so corrupt. And what about this? And what about that? And basically, what aboutism? It's become its own Mm -hmm. name. What aboutism? So, Ryan, when... You uh, have been told, what about this? <laughs> Whenever you have maybe advocated for something or called for something, or when you've heard, you know, the other side's also just as bad. What What is maybe your, your visceral response? What is your gut reaction? What is your, your first knee jerk? Like, what, what does that make you feel inside when you have just shared something you're passionate about and you get hit with a, well, what about this other thing, Ryan? Yeah, that is just... um. It's almost the same impulse as the Reddit guy <laughs> that we've made up in our heads that wants to just uh, shut down Red Bull. There's this thing where uh, anybody seeking to build, to create, to begin, to start, and I think this happens as leaders. Uh, you and I d- get this all the time, Colton. Uh, no matter where we go, there seems to be a what about uh, that we miss or that we should be dealing with. And so when people are pricked uh, like intellectually or challenged or frustrated, um, there seems to be a need to um, deflect, and so what about isms are another deflection in my in my um, experience. I see this in ministry all the time. I will ask somebody about maybe a sin that they're wrestling with, or I will deal with what's in front of them that we're attending attending to at the moment, and then they'll just hit you with the but what about this person? But what about her? But what about them? Um, and it's always in my mind a deflection because we choose subconsciously or consciously to not want to deal with the uncomfortable or painful thing that is staring us in the face. And you can take any stat, any quip, any reality of black and white church or black culture, white culture, whatever that we've talked about in the last year in the season. And that's what's happening. The defensiveness turns into a deflection and that is just another way to package whataboutism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we viscerally see this, I think, with a lot of sexual assault allegations against popular figures or politicians. Like, this might be one of the few topics that, like, the the both sides are evil might be actually right, and that both sides equally struggle with saying that <laughs> and equally struggle with whataboutisms. Because you'll hear about, you know, Joe Biden gets an allegation against him or Andrew Cuomo or whoever, and you hear, well, well I, I mean, Trump's worse. You know, Trump Trump had more. And so they do they do nothing to address the current sin in their own party, their own team, whatever. Um, and this this happens on other ways and whatever. I mean, this sometimes happens when you talk about, uh, you know, racial injustice. And it's like, well, what about abortion? 
And it's like, well, I, I'm not talking about that right now. <laughs> like, can we get to that later? Um, so this is just something I think we've all felt this. I mean, I literally, I love people that interact with me on social media. I'm trying to do that less this year, um, less kind of probing <laughs> people stirring the pot that I used to. Uh, but I all the time have people asking me, well, what about this issue? Or what about this? When are you going to call out Biden? When are you going to call out Trump? When are you going to call out this? What are you going to do that? Anytime I take a stand for anything. Um, and the reason often it's it's conservatives coming to my DMs asking what about lefts is is because I, I probably critique conservatives more than progressives just because that's the, the team I come from. That's the family I come from. That's the church I was raised in, the church I've been a part of for 25 years. Um, so the reason I go a little bit harder at white evangelicals and against like Trump or against conservatives is because 81% of us voted for this candidate. So I'm going to hold us to a certain scrutiny or standard. People on the other side that might be doing evil, they may not be claiming the name of Jesus or claiming this is the God candidate. So I'm not going to critique them as harder. Um, there's tons of, oh my gosh, there's, there is tons of issues on both sides. <laughs> there's tons of evil on both sides. Yeah. It's just when we focus on one issue, yeah. especially ones within our own team, that's that's our call as as pastors, as Christians, as people. Like We need to get the, the planks out of our eyes, out of our families, out of our teams, out of our churches before we go and figure out the specs or planks in other people's eyes. Um, so just so we all have that under wraps, because sometimes I get asked, well, why don't you go harder after Democrats or whatever? And I'm like, well, one off. We, we had a whole episode. Sure. Me and Ryan did. <laughs> had a whole episode. We didn't do a whole episode on Republicans. Uh, so just, just so everyone hears that, uh, we, are, we actually agree both sides are evil, but that's just not a helpful statement when talking about <laughs> uh, certain issues. So- Let's start with a quote from right. LK, and then we'll maybe talk about some anecdotal things to really hammer this point home and really dive deeper into it and maybe bring up some uh, contemporary figures that we all follow, whether progressives or conservatives, who uh, are classic for doing this, and we just love it and retweet them. Um, but before we get into that, here's a quote from MLK. Um, this is from the letter from a Birmingham jail, which, again, if you haven't read this letter, um, you need to read it now ASAP. Uh, pause the episode to read it. But this is what the quote says. It says, I have heard numerous Southern religious leaders admonish their worshipers to comply with a desegregation decision because it is the law. But I have longed to hear white ministers declare, follow this decree, follow this decree because integration is moral, morally right and because the Negro is your brother. In the midst of blatant injustices inflicted upon the Negro, I have watched white churchmen stand on the sideline and mouth pious irrelevancies and sanctimonious trivialities. And he's kind of responding to when he was, you know, fighting for civil rights and fighting for de desegregation. There's a lot of people saying, well, well, we just need to follow the law. What about this? What about that? What about this? And he basically is like, that is that is trivialities. It is pious irrelevancies. That is not it's like irrelevant to what we are talking about right now and, and what you are trying to critique me with. Um, and so we kind of see that with this both sides and the what about is um, it's it's just don't don't mouth to me. Hey, well, you know, if I speak out against, you know, another black man that was killed by police or police brutality or something, don't ask me about the water crisis happening in Nicaragua. Like, yes, that is a serious issue, but <laughs> that's that's irrelevant to the conversation at hand. And if you do that, then hold the same standard yourself at any time you bring up anything you dislike, anything that's unjust, then go go list write down the 14,000 other injustices happening around the world every single time. Because that's the only way to be consistent <laughs> with using whataboutisms and both sides are evil. Um, so, Ryan, where, where else maybe do we see this in social media, in like political commentators, Christian commentators? Um, where do we see this? In, and maybe you can even flare that out. Like, again, why why is following kinds of people, even if we're not doing the both sides, 
what are we doing when we consume information and content from people whose maybe whole whole platform is really both sides and what about isms? Yeah, I think I think uh, what we see is uh, this. This might um, feel <laughs> trivial, but I think it's true. I is think it sanct- it's cloud is it battles, sanctimonious man. trivial? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think I I honestly think it's just what aboutism just on social media yeah. and in Christian it discourse. Because, I mean, think about Christian academia. I'm in seminary right now, and what aboutism is just toxic. Mm-hmm. But why is it toxic? Because we're all trying to get some sort of pseudo-intellectual or, oh, well, you know, in the academy, it's supposed to be intellectual clout. And then when we have various commentators, maybe um, <laughs> somebody who rhymes with uh, um, uh, clap mulch. <laughs> You know, maybe Clap Mulch is always tweeting about what about this, what about that, and it's just a constant retweeting or, or Len, liking, Len putting Capiro. his own threads. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a Smau, uh Fuller. And maybe we hit, maybe we Balazandria, hit these... <laughs> uh, Totasio, Tortez. <laughs> uh, Mor- Morquez? Yeah, Tortez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T- Tortois. Right, maybe Jack Sparrow, even. You know, why is the rum gone? Literally, I'm sitting here trying to figure out where the black pearl is and trying not to turn into a skeleton, and he's just asking where the rum is. Side note, not... Like, Jack, that's not We're not saying right they now. do this all okay. the time, every time, but they are known right. as, again, the intellectual yep. clout, almost rap battle, where they just clap back with a what aboutism or both side yep. and everyone in their tweets are going yep. oh oh no and then what that does is it actually dumbs down the public because we can't <laughs> uh, we all like have pitchforks and, so and we're like hypocrite hypocrite oh right, got him right, got him right it just turns into tribal because you refuse to think and it's like man that's what i really think is going on with what aboutism on every christian discourse instagram so even even the so you want to talk about page can i just talk about that for we a i think already mentioned this Please. but not in the so you want to talk about it mostly just in the canva font <laughs> so if you want to talk about their content yeah do it. <laughs> i just i just want to hit up that that instagram account has been so helpful i feel like for so many people waking up to the realities of uh injustices and various conversations and people who need representation and who need thorough um time and thought to to be included (laughs) but so you want to talk about in and of itself as a title implies you don't know get on the level get learned so there's already this sifting for clout even in an account like that that makes me just go man is that the way we want to foundationally begin our thinking stances against and being clout uh, well chasers. so you want to talk about and, it's like it's giving you the maybe t- i'm overthinking no i i think you're right because it's when i interact with friends i can tell if they're following social media accounts like that or if they're critically thinking through the problems on their own because you they give us uh-huh. talking oh, points. oh yes so you want to talk about it although it's great i agree with a lot of it it's done a lot of good it gives us okay so you want to talk about this death of this person or this crisis here it's giving you explicit talking points and then we just regurgitate those, we repost those, whatever. But people don't actually, not the do your own research crowd. I don't necessarily agree with that every single time. But it, oh, do your own research crowd. But it's, uh, That's it's just not, you still have to go investigate the issue, go sit with it, go critically think about it. They are giving you a curated, 
beautifully done, <laughs> artistic, well uh, summarized yes. version. And maybe it's correct. Moth. Maybe it's right. <laughs> it's moth. It's always moth. <laughs> um, so, but it, it's again really good. But again, we're just we are so blind to what we consume and how we just regurgitate that without critically thinking through what are the talking points I'm consuming? Am I just regurgitating these political pundits with the clout battles? <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. this, I mean, this happened with the, the NBA in the last year or two years. Um, oh man. Uh, because yeah. they, I think is around George Floyd. They started kneeling and, you know, a lot of, they had a lot of racial and political discourse. And I think it was actually even pre George Floyd. This is almost like two years ago because they were visiting China at the time. Um, Cause the NBA would go to China in the off season to like play some games and different things like that. And while they were there, they were talking about the injustice happening towards black people in America. And all these talking heads were saying, well, what about the stuff that's happening in China with the, the Uyghur population? Um, which again, side note, terrible. It's atrocity. It, it might be close to the, the level of genocide. I, I don't really know because China is very secretive. It's hard to figure out through the media. Um, so side note, that, that that's, that's correct in bringing light to that. That's a good thing. But why are we using that to diminish an honest and genuine call for injustice in their hometown, maybe with their family members, maybe with people that look like them? Yes. Like, is it hypocritical if they were completely silent? If they got that brought to their attention about the Uyghur internment camps and they said nothing, they didn't care about it? Yes, that's hypocritical. Sure. Um, But does that invalidate their, like, valid critiques of racial issues in America? No. <laughs> but how, so why is that, like, used as, like, oh, you are now invalidated in anything you said because you didn't talk about this one issue when it was brought to your face? Yeah. Um, right. And that's, like, it's kind of like one of those things where it's, like, would anyone ask Mother Teresa about abortion in America <laughs> as, like, a way to diminish her work in around the world? Like, imagine going to Mother Teresa and you hear about what she's done for the impoverished in the world, and you say, yeah, but... What about the abortion issue in America? Why haven't you done anything about that? I think you're kind of hypocritical. It seems like you're only catering to certain issues that benefit you. Um, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, what? Uh, but again, I'm not going to make everything about race, but it, it is interesting that it's explicitly mostly only when people bring up racial issues that whataboutisms in both sides get up. Or maybe misogyny. Um, that might be another one. Um, but yeah. Ryan, any more uh, anecdotes before we maybe dive into a little bit about the Christian response? I have one more analogy that I might want to use here. <laughs> uh, I find this all the time in youth ministry. Um, we uh, always are trying to figure out what's the event or what's the thing we should do or what should we do at camp or what should the theme day be, <laughs> you know, because we got to pick our battles in youth ministry. And any decision I make will have an instant reaction of what about this um, does not matter what you decide there's something in humans Mm -hmm. that want to just grab that next piece of fruit so we can get more of that wisdom so we can make more of our plans um and so what about is an easy easy way to react and i just i it's a it's a human thing and wisdom um and wisdom in the biblical tradition uh is supposed to move you away from what abouts and move you towards focus Mm -hmm. into uh whatever god is doing in a moment well and i think recognizing context and body um, it's kind of like, a, yeah. I have this analogy of like, okay, when, when I'm in my apartment with my roommate, I'm going to be meticulous about our strategy for cleaning our dishes. 
<laughs> like I, it's just like it causes pain in my head. It's a headache, whatever. Everyone knows this. When you live with people, you're very meticulous about how you clean, how you do dishes, how you do the trash schedule. People have made chores lists, whatever. So I'm going to be very specific about that. But when I go to someone else's house, I'm not going to be critiquing their <laughs> protocol for how they do dishes, you know? Like there's a difference when it's my dishes versus a different house's dishes. Like it's an in-house issue versus another house's issue. So in the same way, like I care about specific economic policies in America that have trickle-down effects that might affect the poor, the marginalized, whoever. But I, I just don't care about economic policies as much in Germany. I just don't. Like so I'm not going to have to care about every single issue in every other place because in-house is my priority. Um, and then maybe out of my house, it's like the, the extreme issue. So Uyghurs in, in China, of course. Uh, water crisis in another place, of course. But like some of these things that like the Hong Kong protests for democracy, that might be on that level. It might not. But this is where discernment and wisdom. But like we got issues here that I'm trying to focus on. And why are we trying to detract from that by talking about these other things? Um, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like I think the wisdom that you were talking about, Ryan, and, and just recognizing my part in the body is that I can't. I, I can't take care of every issue granted all of us on social media we think we are impacting a lot of issues and we're really not we we have a limited no. sphere of influence very um and a little bit limited sphere of actually doing real action yeah we have a wide sphere of talking about it um but i you know the beauty of the body of christ is that i can focus just on racial injustice in america because there's other people in the body that are focusing on abortion. There's other people in the body, hopefully, that are focusing on the Uyghurs in, in China. There's other people in the body that are hopefully focusing on those other issues that really do matter. But to make any issue invalidated because you see another one, especially when it comes to race, and that's what we're talking about in Black and White Church, because Christians will invalidate fellow Christians whenever they speak about race, um, because you have to speak about everything. It, it just it seems to lack some type of wisdom and perspective. Um, so... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna link an article from Brett McCracken. Uh, if you don't know who Brett McCracken is, he's a, he's a pastor at a church in Southlands uh, near Viola, actually. Um, but he he wrote on the Gospel Coalition about what aboutism and how it's foolishness. <laughs> uh, but he's a, a, a relatively McCracken. conservative. That's what, probably a better. What, yeah. Yeah, yep. I was just gonna say he's a relatively conservative Sorry. conservative pastor. So just again, this is not a liberal talking head or whatever. Um, and I think just, I mean, my my final point, Ryan, I'll give you the last word, is just, man, I, I think the call of Jesus is to specifically, one, believe in the existence of evil. So I don't need to diminish evil that's happening on my team or that's happening over here. And when people bring up other evils, I, every time, will say, yes, that is evil. <laughs> Anytime. Someone says, what about this? That's an atrocity. I have no problem naming that that is evil. But at the same time, he's calling us to specifically attack you know, evil, um, to, in a sense, have an onslaught against the, the gates of hell and the principalities and powers that are producing evil in our cultures and sin in our cultures. And in some ways, we talked about this a little before, but it's like, what if you went to Jesus and you said, hey, I know you're talking about adultery right now, but what about greed? You kind of seem like you got a, maybe an agenda here, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, you're really focusing oh. on this one adultery issue, but what about these other issues? Like, in that moment, Jesus was talking about that thing. So when it comes to our black brothers and sisters that want to bring up specific issues that are not only facing them and facing their brothers and facing their communities, please, 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 for the love of God, never ever ask them or do what aboutisms or say, you know, when they bring up, you know, 
cops killing black people. What about cops killing white people? Well, that's terrible too, but like, why is that a defense? Why is that getting, like, you're trying to get someone to shut up because you said, well, cops also kill white people. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what? It's like, yeah, all right. Was, do we still have a problem? Well, yeah. 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 Like white, white police <laughs> brutality invalidates black police brutality. Uh, anyway, Ryan, what, what is maybe a last word here? Uh, maybe bringing it home uh, for both sides. What about in relation to maybe race and when you call out race, what would be your plea uh, when you speak against race and you hear these things? What, what would be helpful in how people should respond um, rather than using these things? What would maybe be helpful in responding uh, when people call out things? Uh try pressing when people go what about and if it's if it's really one of their things um then press them on it and ask man how much of you man that's crazy you know you know i'm talking about this idea right now but but <laughs> what have you studied and just ask yeah. them and just ask the question just lovingly gently yeah. ask yeah have you been thinking about that for a while or oh are are you are you really concerned about that what happened to you personally that would have you attached to that issue um, and, and just see where that goes, because often, um, that, that's not something to, you know, trap them per se, but it is like a, it can expose yeah. what, what the real point of the, what about is. Yeah. And I think we can be a little hmm, corrective yeah. sometimes. I don't think everything needs to always stay, uh, sweet and accommodating. Yeah. Well, and go listen to Obviously, our, uh, Colton and I are doing, <laughs> uh, go listen to our black on black crime or black fatherlessness uh, episodes. That's, that's kind of a, a specific racial. What about of like, well, what about black on black crime? And it's like, like you were saying, Ryan, it's like, well, Oh man, you're really passionate about inner city, you know, black on black crime, even though that's not really a thing, but it, you're passionate about that. Awesome. How have you been affected by that? What are you doing to help that? What are you doing to bring Shalom? <laughs> to those places uh that's i know we're talking about a different issue right now but since you really want to talk about this like what what you, okay show me the routes uh i'm willing to listen all right well season season two episode two in the books we out here red bulls caffeine pills uh name name rhyming all, all the good things